Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Winning Supreme Champion Cow is a huge honor that takes a lot of work back home on the farm to prepare. But winning the Supreme Champion title in both the Open and Junior shows in the same year is a whole nother honor. Ashley Sears Randall did just that in 2007 with her bred and owned cow, Pistachio Pie. She shares more about that experience and how it has led her to where she is today in the agriculture industry. Back in 2007, I was fortunate to travel out to Expo from Massachusetts with my Guernsey cow, Indian Acres MM Pistachio Pie, or Pie as we called her. And I was the first individual in history of the show to win both the junior and open divisions of Supreme Champion. And it was really and I don't say this lightly, a life-changing moment for me. I was a freshman in college at Cornell at the time, and it opened so many doors and opportunities to meet others in the dairy industry and to also grow our genetics program and to work with pie to produce generations of the pie family, which we still have today at our farm in South Deerfield, Massachusetts. You mentioned that you didn't have your typical celebration. Tell us a little bit about how did you celebrate that win? Sure. So it was a very unique time because I was 18 at the time and it wasn't the traditional supreme celebration in the sense that we actually bought pies and handed those out to the individuals that came down our aisle and to others on the fairgrounds to celebrate and mark the occasion. Pie has been a legacy and it's still very prominent in the dairy industry today. Can you talk about the genetics behind that and how you mentioned you are growing your herd with that descendant line. Take us through all of that. Actually, the year that Pi won at Expo, we sold her first bull and there were contracts for American Pi. And so from there, we were able to sell a few more bulls into stud, Pies and Prada, who have also been doing well in the show ring and also on the milk production side. And then from there, we've continued to flush descendants of the family and develop embryos and sell through sales and work with other Guernsey breeders and breeders in other breeds that have really taken an interest in the pie family and her genetic lines. And so we see some of those showing at at different shows across the country now and, and the legacy continuing in that sense as well. How many descendants of pie do you currently still have on your farm or what does that look like for you now? So we have great, great granddaughters now out of pie and many of those are in the top CPI list. Recently, one of her granddaughters is number five on the CPI list for Guernsey, and she continues to do well and is one of our herd favorites. And we also have great-great-granddaughters and others from the Pye family that are continuing to show up on the CPI list. And again, we're working with those to develop them and do more embryo work with them. Raising 
that high quality of an animal to be able to continue that legacy doesn't just happen overnight. Can you talk about what it takes to really breed that prestigious type of an animal and really care for it on the farm to make it this long-lasting longevity of an animal? So we actually purchased the Grand Dam of pistachio pie in 1995. She was bred in Maine and she showed at Expo and she was in the contention for Grand Champion. She was actually honorable mention. And then from there, we showed Pie's Dam pumpkin pie and she did very well. And from that, the family kind of took off and they always had the strength and good feet and legs that the Guernsey breed really strives to breed for. And when Pie was born, pistachio pie, she was actually premature. She was born in April and she was only 40 pounds. So she was a special project animal. And we were very fortunate that she was a good eater and drinker and she really took off. And she didn't come into her own until she was a cow. We showed her as a heifer at Louisville and she placed in the top three, but she was very immature. And then as a cow, we showed her as a two-year-old in Louisville, and she was again in the top three, but she didn't come into her own until she was a four-year-old. And that year, I was able to show her at the All-American in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and then Louisville, Kentucky, where she was grand. And then as a five-year-old, we were able to bring her out to the All-American again, and then to Madison, which was the ultimate experience. That experience, like you mentioned, is life-changing, especially as an 18-year-old to be able to experience that, that also probably helped catapult you into where you are now. And so you are the deputy commissioner of the Massachusetts Department of Agricultural Resources. How did you get to that point in your life? How did winning with pie get you to where you are today? So I always had an interest in ag policy and especially dairy, growing up in the dairy industry and the 4-H program in Massachusetts. And so I knew that I wanted to find a way to give back and make a positive impact in the dairy industry as well as all of agriculture. So I initially uh, went to law school after I graduated from Cornell and focused in sustainability and environmental law. And from there, I had a unique opportunity to go to the Maine Department of Agriculture. So I left Massachusetts and went to Maine and worked there for a few years and worked on sustainability programming for their farming sector. From there, I worked for the dairy industry in New York and worked for the Northeast Dairy Producers in a member services position. So working a lot on policy issues that were impacting Northeast dairy producers. And then I had the unique opportunity four years ago to come back to Massachusetts. And I was appointed deputy commissioner where I work on all of our legislative and policy work for the state and our local food programming, as well as our mental health program for farmers. So it's been a really full circle experience and a great way to stay connected with the dairy industry, but make an impact at large for all of agriculture. How is Massachusetts agriculture differ from Wisconsin? I know there's different products that you feature, but really when it comes down to what are certain trends or policies, how are they affecting you guys personally compared to here? So there are many similarities between our states. We may have differences in terms of our size of dairy, but dairy is still a key component of Massachusetts agriculture. It's our third largest sector. Uh, Nursery and greenhouse is actually our largest, followed by fruit and veg. And aquaculture is our fastest growing sector. So that's a huge part of our work at the department. But direct to consumer sales, especially coming out of the pandemic, we're fifth in the country because we have a population of nearly 7 million. 
And we're very fortunate to have the Boston and New York City markets. So for our producers, they're really looking at farm stands and community-supported agriculture, farmers markets, rather than large wholesale distribution. And that's one of our key features in the state and something that our farms have really been able to thrive on is that local support in the communities. But we are a very diverse state in terms of our production and what our commodities look like. How does traveling and I'm sure gas prices don't help, of course, with that sense, but how are those factors affecting your farmers? So the cost of inputs and supply chain impacts are really being felt this year as well as the weather. Um, So last year we had excessive amounts of rain and this year we're facing our most severe drought. In 2016 we had a very significant drought, but this year unfortunately was worse for our farmers. So it's been a very challenging growing year plus the cost of fertilizer, feed, fuel. As you mentioned, um, they have been challenging, but our farmers are very innovative and they've been able to adapt and find ways to either increase their costs for the producer to be able to maintain their bottom line, as well as innovate and continue to take the lessons learned from the pandemic and continue to deploy those on their farms. That was Ashley Sears Randall, Supreme Champion then and Deputy Commissioner of the Massachusetts Department of Agriculture Resources now. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.